0: Welcome to A Nightmare on Fierce Street.
1: A monstrous podcast about all things horror.
0: If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes.
1: All right. I'm a little drunk. Shall we uh, jump into our general thoughts on Black Christmas? Uh,
0: This was clearly written by Femmes, and that's a very welcome departure because... When we talk horror, it's mostly cis, hetero, straight, white men. (laughs) Uh, So I appreciate the little nuggets that we get that we don't get from those few.
1: And I I love how easily they came. Yeah. It's not like a big moment when she talks about her diva cup. It's not, it's just she's looking for her diva cup. She's lost it. Where the fuck is it?
0: Yeah. Like, up top, the girl got her friend a vibrator. And that's another thing I keep clocking, is that we don't talk about women and sexuality. Because we're so used to being objectified <laughs> that nobody in these films ever goes, Would a woman actually enjoy this? Or, <laughs> or it's just like, Let Boobsy McGee fall in the bathtub. But we never get to see her be like, What do I want? What do I need? Can women enjoy sex? According to horror, they can't. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Lost Diva Cup was abandoned. That. <laughs> that, that love, was
1: the Diva Cup with a. <laughs>
0: think being filmed by films is the reason that we have a survivor who's one of the final girls because that's something that men just wouldn't think to do Mm -hmm. how it was executed i have concerns about. (laughs) yeah
1: i have questions about that too which we'll get to for sure um but i did like that she was there and they did have that in as a as a component because well when we get into it the themes and everything about this film you couldn't do this film and not have that included it'd be really fucking weird
0: I I also feel that because all of the final girls were not your Laurie Strode's or your like puritanical buttoned up don't use bad words don't drink um, archetypes. I also I also enjoyed that of the things I do take away from this movie.
1: Um, I you may disagree with me, but I I understand this movie kind of feels like a Buffy or Charmed episode, and I'm here for it. I love it. I love that it takes <laughs> I, I like. Uh, I don't know. It it does kind of feel like that to me, but I I'm here for it. And I see a lot of this movie gets a lot of flack on social media typically from white men which sit down, have a seat, you've had many movies let some women take control for for a second even if you don't like it that's still fine. Women can make mistakes too. It happens. Um but don't like I don't like I look at some of the IMDb reviews and it's like Bob or Sam or Steve, and I'm like, I don't care that you gave this him a one. Like, give, I don't think it deserves a one. I think that's a stretch. Y'all just mad. I think
0: they Lords of Salem an eight. They got to see <laughs> again. Right.
1: Like, this isn't a ten, but it's not a one. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's, it's middle of the road. It, I, this is my second time seeing it. It's middle of the road. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I just, it's there.
1: It's one of, it's one of those that I enjoy. I personally really enjoy it, but I also understand when other people don't enjoy it. Um, and I'll get into reasons why later, but like, um, I like how every time someone says girls, there's a correction, even yes. in the, in the talent show part, they're like, and these are the girls. And you hear someone in the crowd go, women, <laughs> I love that so much. There's little things like that, that, like you said, a man wouldn't think to do, uh, specifically a straight white cis man. Um, <laughs> and I love that every femme character well most of them not everyone, not all of them but most of them have a badass moment have mm-hmm. a moment where they are fighting back even if they die they have that moment where that like um i think her name is marty is that right um the the one that sacrifices herself so that other girls can like escape
0: that and, was supposed to be a badass moment but it i mm, it cause... wasn't
1: it wasn't it wasn't um uh, perf- not perform because I think her performance was fine. It wasn't um, executed amazingly, but I think it was intended to be. Let me put myself because she's already hurt. She knows she's a liability. Let me put myself on the line for, so my two best friends. Because she says earlier, I've, I don't want to get into my notes too quick. <laughs> <laughs> she says earlier that she wants her friends to be aunts because they're all an extension of themselves. Of themselves and so she sees her sacrifice as a, a, a way to help them live so
0: maybe maybe something could have been shifted writing directing wise because it just did not work so it was like run and they watch her die and then they <laughs> and i was like okay Yeah. <laughs> her death also bothers me because she dies right after her boyfriend and I'm like, so she can't just be her own person without him or without fighting with him or carrying him around. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: yeah. I got I got thoughts about that boyfriend, which we'll get to.
0: I got thoughts about all these men, but that's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> down to our actual notes on the film, specific points.
0: Um, first things first, Mr. Carey always could get it in any timeline. Um, in this particular movie, he's a creep who's shoving problematic classics at us. But I'm still like, damn, why are you attractive? Stop it. Um, yeah, exactly.
1: I'm like, ooh.
0: Right, and I really hate it because you know how I feel about the classics. Because we've gone from studying them to worshiping them and using them to keep upholding problematic um, white patriarchy. Um, and racism and people just they can't have the conversation they're just like but Shakespeare's language and it's like but also other people could have language if you would produce them
1: no no that, that can't happen
0: can't. you have to read the other scripts and then you can see the language <laughs>
1: um yeah no I totally agree he's very he's a very attractive man um, and it kind of rolls really nicely into my first point and this is kind of a bigger point for me because this is one of the reasons why I do enjoy this film um that it really leans into that toxic masculinity is the villain it's not some man with a with a, that's a psycho it's not some misguided form of vengeance it's literally toxic masculinity that, is, it, that it's infecting these young um, college-age men. And you see that through the use of sexual assault, which we'll get to more later. But um, the idea that this is an army of men, the way the, the men react to each other, like at the scene when um, Riley breaks up the potential, which I have questions about that at a later point, because, you know... Uh, the potential date rape scene with her friend at the beginning. Um and he says, you know, Brian would have never done what you said he did. Like, ugh, anyway, how many times have we heard that?
0: That pack mentality because they can't believe these things happen because it doesn't happen to them because of their privilege.
1: The removal of the bust of the of the founder of uh, John uh, I think they even called him John. Is it Jonathan Hawthorne? It's I not said Hawthorne.
0: Said Hawthorne. There are so many racist
1: hawthorns. <laughs> well, it's really interesting that um, I looked up John. Ha- I looked up Hawthorne, and John Hawthorne, which I'm pretty sure is what they use, is the one of the judges in the Salem witch trials.
0: Fast cams.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting that they made that analogy or that um, allusion back to actual real life history of women being murdered by men. the toxic masculinity. Um, And the line that um, he has, the teacher has with as many sacrifices have to have been made to keep our traditions alive. I mean, how much damage will straight white cis men make before they realize their traditions are really just bigotry wrapped in history?
0: That's just it, because that's what gets them through the day and it keeps them where they're at above the rest of us. Mm
1: -hmm. They can't
0: acknowledge it uh of meanwhile it's in the water it's in all the isms and phobias are in the water
1: it's, it's like day. literally infected them it's turned their blood black their blood is no longer red it's black and the fact in the um when they're trying to convert um what's his name landon in the end and he says um the founder is drawing out his true alpha he's a fighter a true man like that whole idea of masculinity and being angry and fighting and violence and how much that has permeated throughout our history not just our history but human history um yeah. is a, a, a problem that we need to fix because it's clearly why I mean a majority of serial killers are men a majority of terrorists are men a majority of rapists are men uh, like yeah. do you sense a trend here people <laughs>
0: Because it's so pervasive that instead of dealing with it, people make excuses for it. Like, boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. He's just this girl up on the playground because he likes her and she should know that he likes her. Uh, It's the reason that like trolls on the internet think that like calling me a fat bitch is uh, what they need to do so I won't have an opinion. And it's just like, I feed off of your rage, Chad. Bite me. So (laughs) so
1: early. We buy kids onesies that say he's going to have to beat the girls off with a stick. And like, it starts from day one.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's, also, it does not help that we, we are still nowhere near being as close as we need to be to have shifted away from these outdated gender roles. And so you see kids. And it's just like, oh, no, father's mad, tiptoe. <laughs> And the mother's like, just, he gets angry. He doesn't mean to yell or hit you. And it's just like, stop that shit and leave. <laughs> uh, but, but again, it this is the culture. Uh, much like rate, everything else, toxic masculinity is just like breathing in America specifically, and I'm assuming in most countries as well. And so how do you combat the system? It's like, it's like punching the air at this point. I mean,
1: yeah, and it really, it's, it's pervasive throughout and it's not, it is very deeply in America, but it's other countries, you know, think about fem, uh, female genitalia mutilation in, in some African countries. Think about, you know, the UK isn't perfect. Like there's no every, it's, it's steeped the fact that there's a, it's a big deal that there's a queen and there's been a queen in Britain for however many years and that's a huge deal because like she's oh, there's like what three in history
0: <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile america can't even have a lady president
1: oh don't get me started girl
0: <laughs> this country and its mommy issues are probably the reason i always wanted to leave i was always like when can i leave this place true story as a kid i saw moscow in the hudson way too early and i was like we can just defect in another place and I was high key pissed when I found out I couldn't do it because I'm here. I I feel like my next point. We just got. We have to go ahead because we're already here. What group of friends continuously brings up someone's assault? Like, that's not how you help your friend heal. And also, it's just rude. I, I didn't understand that because it all goes like literally. I don't think there's a scene where someone's not bringing it up or she's not bringing it up. And I I don't know where she's on her journey. Maybe she's one of those people that doesn't talk about it a lot. But again, because we're in America, especially on the college campus. So to not be worried about triggering somebody, like literally, there's no way you could be in a room of four women and not have someone be a survivor. You just can't because it's America. Right. And yeah. those are the ones who've come forward. The numbers are bigger than that. We need to also respect that. So oh. <laughs> like one in four is not that reports not that not that it happens to
1: yeah and the way and like she never brings it up
0: she towards the end she brings it up a couple times but also it's been thrown at her so much right. to where it fades into the background
1: and it like, is her story to bring up it mean. Is.
0: It <laughs> is. and like her friend oh i just forgot her friend's name chris is it chris chris yeah Chris is always like pushing her to do things. And I'm just like, she literally is a survivor. Yeah. She has an agency. You twist her arm into doing all the things you want her to do and telling her so she'll be a better, stronger person is gross.
1: Right. And and yeah, that that brings in one of my notes too. Like this argument between Riley and Chris. Chris and others, it's not just Chris who's doing this. She is the main culprit, but um really pushing Riley to do the performance in the first place saying things like, you used to be a fighter, it's time to be a fighter again. I will say it was gratifying as a, you know, as an allied man to see her put it in his face, you know, when she did decide to perform on her own decision, but it, it's still ooky to me because of how she was put up there. I, I,
0: it, mm. it wasn't her decision and it wasn't her decision to put it online and i have issues with that whole jingle jangle but that's my hot take so i'm trying to not but i can if we want to because i have issues because again (laughs) what are we what are we trying to say and how are we saying it that's what i need people to think about because i want to like this movie so bad but i can't and i don't um um but back to this point because that's a whole separate rant That
1: yeah like putting the video online is also like another point it's like Chris reminds me of a lot of online activists, mm-hmm. keyboard activists, that don't think before they put up their friend's story, or don't think before they put up, you know, this post that could be harmful to another section of their friend group, or, you know, that don't think before they say, you know, to, to do, they do things out of instinct, and I I do believe good intention, but it's just so wrongly done.
0: Good intentions don't mean nothing if the actions are bullshit. She reminds me of the. Have you seen Woke on Hulu? See what? Woke on Hulu. It's a show.
1: No, but it's on my list to watch.
0: I I've only made it a couple episodes in, but like our lead is obviously like thrown to the ground and almost just terrorized by the police because he fit the profile as a Black man. Black men always fit the profile when racist police are out there. Right. Um, but his white friend runs in and starts yelling at the cops and makes a big old moment out of it, which he could never do on the ground because we know how that ends if somebody asks to breathe even. So once our league gets back like off the ground, like the white guy's like, I can't believe they did that to us. And it's like, us? Who's us? Who Who is this us? You... Right you were not on the ground. You were like throwing a fit with the cops, yelling at them and telling them what they are and aren't going to do. And your life has not shifted. You still have like your pocket full of like Coke and all your privilege. (laughs) And that's what Chris reminds me of.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's when the cause becomes more important than the person, than the people.
0: And it's not even just Chris, but it's the filmmakers even because in the end, Riley faces off against her attacker. We know what's going on. Anybody paying half attention knows what's going on. We don't need them to intercut with when he assaulted her. We don't need to see more of that, Uh, especially in this fight where clearly she has to overcome him. Otherwise it's going to be a real downer of a fucking movie. And so to like I I, I was like, why are we intercutting? We don't need to go back. We need to like go forward. We need to make this more of an overcoming as opposed to don't forget in case you forgot, in case you forgot.
1: Yeah, I'm curious if this is one of their first films. I mean, being women, I would bet this is an early, you know, early in their career. Um, Because that does feel like an, er, like a. don't want to say young because I don't know how old they are, but like a, a new artist, mistake of like let me hit you over the head with it do you remember she was assaulted do you remember she was assaulted yes we remember you don't have to hit us over the head with it
0: i found myself wondering if they were trying to make a statement because again rape culture is so pervasive and so i wonder if the reason that they normalized talking about her assault was them just sort of being like this is the world that we're creating here but it just wasn't done in a way that made it make sense. So I was reaching for a reason to make it make sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Because even in the damn jingle, even in the damn jingle that they get up and sing in their like sexy mean girl outfits, um, they, they're they like S-E-X and then they describe assault. And that's one of the things that drives me fucking crazy about that moment is that we're using the word sex in a, a song about assault. And the way that America, especially the media, hangs up on twisting things so it doesn't seem like assault for these (laughs) alleged assaulters. So we have an unwanted sexual encounter or had sex with a minor. You can't have sex with a minor. You are assaulting a minor. That's what you're doing. And, and so I just, I am upset with them and I don't want to be upset with them, but I am.
1: Yeah, I think I think what they were trying to do with that is to make it a clever dig as opposed to like an actual statement in that moment. But no, you're right. I mean, language is important. That should have been thought through more. Yeah, I I, I still go back to, I think that is just an, I, I hate this, I hate my words right now because I can't think of like <laughs> what I want to say, but like a rookie mistake in quotation marks.
0: Again, I feel, like, I feel like when you're dealing with something like assault, even if you are a survivor, you have to understand and give grace to people who are not handling it the way you are. So I don't want to assume what their intentions were and what their like histories are and what baggage they bring into this and experiences they're bringing to this. But also when you put something out here like that, you have to look at it from all the angles because literally, <laughs> Literally, what are you doing? Like, good intentions mean nothing without solid actions. My second biggest issue with this movie is the dialogue. It, it really felt like an R.L. Stein fierce street book. And one that was like adapted into television without being actually adapted, but just sort of taken from the page to the <laughs> recording. And like, I when I was a tween in the 90s, or I wasn't a tween in the 90s. When I was a tween in the early aughts, that's math. Um, <laughs> I would have been like, yay! But as an adult, I, I wanted more nuance. I wanted I wanted more, I wanted them to be more clever, because it was always very on the nose, and very shoving in its platitudes, so we can use it. And it, there were so many missed opportunities with that, because I am a dialogue whore. Like, that's one of the things I do well as a writer, even when my entire play is shit. The dialogue is fun. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I I wanted, I wanted better dialogue. But again, this is remedial consent for those who we keep having to have these conversations with. So of course we're going to get a "You're being hysterical," or of course we're going to get "Your body, your choice" turned around at you. We don't get actual like, (laughs) we don't get dialogue that works well together and is engaging. So much as we need to put this in here somewhere, I want this in here somewhere. It was like, it was like a phrase game with a bunch of things that they wanted to use and nobody gave it the connective tissue and needed to make it land with the impact they wanted.
1: Yeah, no, I agree that the, the dialogue had issues, even though I still say that I enjoy the movie. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so one of the things I did enjoy, and so a lot of rev- of the reviews were like, this film, it's a remake of the original and it it spits in the face of the original and blah, 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 blah. And honestly, having, because I, I I own this movie on Blu-ray, watching some of the behind the scenes and like hearing the director and play, or playwright or whatever, the writer um, talk about the process and like their thoughts, they were really trying to make a new film that, pl- that um, paid homage to the original, but wasn't a frame for frame remake of the original because we've seen the original. And then the original spawned, 30 billion other slashers that did the same thing the original did. You put some girls in a room and you kill them. And it's scary. They were trying to do something different with that same kind of idea. So I enjoyed it and then did a ton of callbacks to the original if you actually look and and like think and don't just judge something based on the first five minutes. But like they actually gave the girls, um, so in the original, there's some very iconic kills. Um, one of the one of them, which they the these um, filmmakers specifically gave to the women, as opposed to, to the men, was the plastic bag. It's literally on the cover of the original film. Her with her face in the plastic bag. This time, the girl gets to do that to the man. Um, so they were taking these iconic deaths from the original and flipping them over to the other side, which I think is really fucking awesome. And we need to like that's something to praise about this film. Um the girls also receiving creepy text messages. In the original, they were getting phone calls. They got phone calls with a man breathing and like all this stuff. That would not work in 2020 or 2019. You would you, I mean and she does get a creepy phone call that then turns out to be someone's family. But anyway, like it took homage to the original, updated it to a new era, and tried to do something new and different. And I think that's a good thing.
0: I haven't actually seen the original, which is wild, but I do think that I do think that anytime you can take something and update it as opposed to try and do a shot by shot remake um you do run into sticky problems because again this was not an original story so that might be some of what I am responding to is them trying to like hold on to what was there on top of them having their own issues and so that's already two left turns so how are you going to make a right
1: (laughs) I I will say the original I don't want to give anything away I'm just going to tell you what that there is no like feminist undertones it's just girls getting killed in a sorority house um,
0: i felt like this had feminist intentions i don't know if i would say undertone i, I think it, it had feminist intentions i i i see the work i see the work but i just it does not feel finessed it does not feel polished mm-hmm. like even the sorority sister who turns on them like that's a woman who clearly would have voted for trump and so I see that and I see that argument but we don't get enough time with it we don't get any nuance with it she turns on her and then she's like we need to take our second place behind them I'm going to do what the men say and I'm just like who is writing this and why
1: well it's like so I I think that goes back to just it's clunky writing and they're not it's not very nuanced or like yeah, um, but I was just meaning that to say that like the original has nothing besides it's scary. There's a killer after these girls in a sorority house, and there's no like themes. Good. It doesn't ask any larger questions. It's a fun movie. It's really creepy. We'll do it sometime, I'm sure. But that actually leads really decent into one of my points of that the betrayal of that friend, and how it I it, it again. It's not nuanced. It's not written expert, you know, it's not some Pulitzer Prize winning writing but, like, it does show that, like, some women capitalize on sexism and the and the patriarchy hence why some women voted for Trump. <laughs> you know, some lines like, aren't you tired of fighting your true nature just because we're taking our rightful place behind them doesn't mean we're, we aren't needed. I have heard shit like that from specifically white women.
0: Yes, yes ever yes get out before get out like literally complicit complicitness in white women is a thing we don't talk about enough especially when we go back to like these like slave movies because you see like the white men being violently racist but we don't talk about the women who are sitting there watching it as if they're royalty and they are unbothered and we don't talk enough about the ones who would accuse a black man of rape just because they wanted him dealt with because he said something rude to her or she disagreed with yeah. and so uh, i that is something else we could have really delved into and i'm i'm kind of wondering if we'd switched riley and chris have if that would have given that just a little bit of nuance and payoff because like for the most part we don't and again i'm not saying if it's outside your experience, just be writing about it but we don't really get Chris having a moment of being like, my feminism <laughs> has to be more inclusive than yours. Um, we just sort of see her in this house, and she's one of the girls, and it's fine and it's cute, but also like her experience is different. It just is. For, those of,
1: you that, for those of you that don't know, Chris is a woman of color. <laughs> yes,
0: I, I want to say she's black, but I she does have a Wikipedia page, so I can't verify that she's not biracial. I don't want to like step in the. She's a, she's
1: a woman of color for sure. We're, we're not sure. What? Yeah, I didn't.
0: But like, it's just a different journey, and her experiences in this house because like there would be microaggressions. <laughs> um This would also shift things differently because the friends are always pushing Riley to do things, even though she's a survivor, and that would that would also have more weight because of Chris just not being this like blonde white tiny woman, and.
1: <laughs> And it was weird later on when Chris was the one that was like, "Let's trust the police," and Riley was like, "Let's not."
0: <laughs> That's when I called bullshit. That's when I called bullshit. I have never in my life been like, "Let's call the police," because the police are not a friend of mine. <laughs> I, I have never like that is that is a no go. And it was another time where I was like, "Who is writing this?"
1: Yeah, switching those two would have been interest. Would have, yeah, that. I think yeah. that
0: I think it would have also encouraged them to not have an all white sorority house around her because it's easy to do when you just change out one friend, but when your lead is a woman of color, if you can't see how (laughs) she would have other friends in this house who might look like her, (laughs) um, that's a problem because literally we had one, we had one woman of color in each sorority house.
1: I I was,
0: was into Riley, but I don't think that we had any more people of color.
1: Besides Landon, which I'll get to in a minute, but yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, but I, you know, I will say it also speaks to the, in quotation marks, uh, air quotes, good intentions. You know, she said, I'm helping women. I'm doing, you know, like, and... And then I love, what what I love about this is that it's not nuanced. It's very much a hammer on the head because literally two minutes later, the men turn on her and kill her. Because I'm sorry, white women, uh, not all white women, but you know what I mean. Those, the the, the Beckys. um, (laughs) The men aren't for you. They're not for you. They're using you to get to an end, as a means to an end of control that is what that is and and when 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 they need to they will turn on you and they will break your neck just like they did her
0: Mm -hmm. because again they have not been taught to care about anyone but themselves they don't know how to not be the center of their universes and so everybody else is expendable
1: going back to what you said earlier um good intentions don't mean shit if there's no action behind it so your good intentions of i'm helping women but your actions are you're stealing their things so that these men can murder them how is that helping women
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i while we're sort of in this moment one of my notes and it's a thing that pissed me off because women wrote this <laughs> and it's something we see a lot in the mill written movies She she Riley knows the statue is the cause. Riley gets into the room of the statue here screaming and turns around to go save this girl who turns on her before breaking the statue. Which, if we think about it and rewind, if the statue is the source of their power and that's making them do it all, wouldn't you continue to break the statue and then go check on your friend after you kill the source of power?
1: Yeah. I, I am curious how much of that statue has is the power. I think that gives them like the strength and the you know they can blah 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 blah, but like it doesn't change the fact that they're at they were assholes before the statue
0: <laughs> oh yeah no the, the the statue is basically their steroid supply and so if you cut that off you just have your normal typical jackasses as opposed to jackasses at a 10. and so you think she would be like i'm here with this statue let me tap with a shovel real quick and then go see what's what but no we're going to do that thing that the men do where we make her not do the thing that makes sense for the sake of having this happen. I'm
1: going to have to kind of disagree on that because I think I would do the same thing. Like if I were in a house and I was there on a mission, but then I heard, I'm assuming she had, she knows what her friend's screams sound like. Like if I were in a house and I heard Sharae screaming in another room, I think I would have to go help her first.
0: But is I, I don't mean- know. If you were in the room with the thing that's going to help us get out of here and you came back for me instead of breaking the thing, we would fight about it if we lived.
1: I know you would be mad at me. <laughs>
0: I would, because I am just like, Trent, do you think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, look, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. It feels lazy. If you want her to go help her friend first, rework it. So she's not in the room with the thing she came to like.
1: Yeah, if she were work. like, in hallway or something or like yeah no i agree with that like don't put her in the room where she could just do that in two seconds and be done yeah no i, I agree i agree with that point for sure Yeah,
0: especially because again if you break the statue you break what's giving them the extra strength
1: yeah i yeah yeah that was they should they could have made a better choice on that where she was um i do think that they wanted to put that her going to help the friend so they could have that betrayal of a woman of women hurting other women um which is sadly so prevalent but um yeah they could have made that choice though
0: harder way to do it otherwise people get caught up on why you make this dumbass choice as opposed to oh this betrayal
1: (laughs) good point that's a good point i see you i agree
0: it's like in the Devil's Backbone when she didn't shoot him, and I was like, "Why wouldn't you shoot him?"
1: <laughs> true, that's true. All right, so my next note, we'll get into the 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 men the not the not the evil crazy men, but like just the men, the other men in this story. Um, I like Landon. I think Landon is an interesting character. I was suspicious at first, just like uh, Riley is, which so I think that that does feel authentic. She was like, wait a second, have you been messaging me? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but I do enjoy that there is a, a man working against a toxic masculinity as an ally. I did like the line. I thought it was fun. Like, I laughed really loud at the at the line. I'd DM you if you wanted me to. <laughs> not a good line, but it's just really funny to me. It's like, what is 2020? Um <laughs> But then on I think the reason I like Landon so much is a juxtaposition to Landon. You have Nate, which is Marty's boyfriend, and you also know that there's some weird magical thing in the air that's causing all men, even if they're not in the fraternity, to have like machoistic um, tendencies when they wouldn't normally have them. So you have Nate, then all of a sudden start like going off and giving this not all men um, argument, which, God, how many times do we get into that on social media? All damn time. Not all men. Not Okay, we get it. We get it. Sit down, Steve. And then as soon as that argument's over, the shit starts hitting the fan and Nate literally gets killed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do like, there was an alternate ending. I do like that they did not go with the alternate ending. So the alternate ending is the same thing that happens in this movie, except after it closes in on Riley's face, it goes to um, Riley and Chris are holding hands and then Riley and Landon are holding hands and then it goes to Landon's other hand and a drip of black drips off his hand. I don't necessarily like that because I think, I think that leads like that gives you the, could be a sequel ending, you know? And I don't think I want a sequel to this. I don't think there needs to be a a sequel.
0: But I do, I do, I do like the imagery of that because we, like you were saying, Lane is the only one who isn't an asshole, but also even men who don't, even men who are not this toxic as these frat boys have traces of it and it comes across every day in conversations where they're dismissive. <laughs> or when they just don't want to understand or they talk over you and so nobody's clean like yes all men to some degree yes all men um even today on my own personal facebook somebody wanted to have feelings on my status and i was like go get a therapist i uh, just <laughs> i i don't know what to tell you i'm not the one and so i i do i do like an imagery because i feel like by having land in there some trash bag <laughs> can be like, see, not all men. I'm the laden in the group. And meanwhile, he's the jackass in the group.
1: Yeah, no, I, I do get that. I guess, I don't know. I I like that they didn't use it, but I, I get what you're saying though, for sure. Because I, I think you could point to, there was a guy that literally said not all men and what happened to his ass.
0: Right, right, <laughs> right. Mushi was one of <laughs> the worst, once the migraine started, um, and so I just, I don't know, that would have that would have also stuck with the world they set up because they have established this world where you have the men who are trash and awful and you have the cop who is worthless because women <laughs> can't be listened to. And so it does feel weird to be like in all of this like toxic masculinity, they're mm-hmm. always slowing things down, getting in the way, preventing us from like succeeding. We have the one with us.
1: think
0: well, I kind of wonder if it would have been better served because like everybody here is hetero, everybody here is straight. So I wonder if perhaps Uh, if if he hadn't been straight, perhaps then we could get away with not having that ending and making it a thing.
1: I thought about that too. And I, yeah. And at first, when I I first watch because I've watched this movie before, um, I was kind of hoping just because I like Landon and he's cute and I, you know.
0: since especially because he he is drawn to Riley but like Riley is clearly not out there hunting men at the moment Riley I don't know where she's at on her journey because we don't talk about it we don't know if she's in therapy we don't know and if her talking been, about it constantly is a problem for
1: her. and it would have made an interesting um statement about how queer men are affected by ta- are, are um affected and hurt by toxic, toxic masculinity as well as uh, women, you know,
0: it just uh,
1: different ways, but
0: it just would have also been nice to have some form of inclusive feminism, because like we just counted there were three black people, three BIPOC people, because some of them might be biracial in this film, everybody else is white. Yeah. And so that's not very inclusive. Like, you have the one girl who's like, I'm Jewish. And, but otherwise, like, it's, it's a very white situation. And I get mm-hmm. that it's most colleges, especially the sorority fraternity world, because I know I was a pain to be in that bullshit. But also, I feel like if you're going to make a feminist movie, you have to look outside yourself and get a bigger picture of the actual world.
1: Yeah. And well, you do have the moment where Chris, it's earlier in the film and they're in the coffee shop and Chris is uh, talking about inclusive feminine or uh, inclusive feminism with trans people and queer people and uh, women of all races and, you know, uh, identities and all that kind of stuff. So you have a, a, like a a, a crumb of that, but yeah, they could, they should have, and could have gone further for sure. That crumb feels,
0: that crumb feels a little bit lampshady. Because it's just like when people don't include all these people, but let's not look at what we're doing. Um, or maybe it was a note given too late because I when a writer gets a note that they know they need to incorporate, but they don't want to do any actual rewrites. Isn't and that's it? how you get those that's how you get those plays where like 20 minutes before the end, the wife gets to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and her first line is, you think I don't have an opinion? And it's like that was a note you were given in your workshop, wasn't it, Lucas? Okay, see you. <laughs> so that's what that feels like. If you're gonna mention it, then actually like do it. Go with the extra step to include people. Don't just be like, we catch all these white girls. Oh no. Well, shucks.
1: Yeah, I, I will say I did enjoy that the woman that betrays them is a white woman. I don't I think that was right. That should have been correct. That should have stayed.
0: That, that yes, Linda, Karen, all them need to be white. Um, but I just, you have you have so many randos, you are literally on a college campus yeah. and no college campus in America is all white. Yeah. Like even historically black colleges aren't all black. So yeah. like <laughs> you can have more, you can have, listen to me, people who make movies, you can have more BIPOC people that I can count on one hand. I guarantee <laughs> you, just try it, see how it feels. And none of them have to be magical, Stephen King. None of them.
1: <laughs> they could just exist,
0: right? Right.
1: Um, I will say, going back to Landon just for a second, I did. I was a little nervous at the end that Landon was going to like swoop in and save the day. I'm glad that that did not happen. That they didn't have a man save them. That it was other women that came that came in and saved them. So that I will say, that's a good thing
0: that is that is a good thing seeing the two sorority houses merge to come in and save the day was a very good thing another thing i appreciated was the sorority house fake out because the cop gets a call to go to the campus the one who's been worthless this whole time and you think he's going to the house with our leads in it (laughs) we forgot about the other sorority house up top (laughs) and so he shows up there and mayhem is happening there that I love that moment that switch around mm-hmm. but also for me that's the moment where I wondered what the actual plot is for the evil entity are you just gonna kill all of the sorority girls on campus and get away with it like how <laughs> much like in much like in Scream four where <laughs> things fall apart and so her now her plan is to go smother Sydney in the hospital room but like what do you do after that because you're caught you know this right you know you know you're caught right you know also- <laughs> Because nowhere to go after this, when Tweet walks in, and then she's got to kill Dewey too, and then Gil walks in, she got to kill <laughs> Gil too, right. and I'm just like, you have to kill the whole cast now and again. You can't get away with this. You
1: I, can't I, be- yeah, I will say this one did not feel it. it, it for me, it made more sense than that did. And I still get what you're saying for sure, but like, I liked at, that it got bigger, it expanded. Because like at first, there's one guy, and there is like just like the original, there's one guy in the house trying to kill him. They kill him, woo, we're done. Nope, another one shows up and then another one shows up and then another one shows up and then we're in a different sorority house and there's more of them. And so it's like the army of men really starts to make sense. Um, now, this is why I think that it's very like, feels like a Buffy episode. Does that, is that plausible? Like it, it, is that, so I think I, for me I just had to suspend my disbelief to be like they're just trying to kill all these women and being like, oh, they all died.
0: <laughs> I will give you charmed, but I won't give you charmed, because even when Buffy was off the rails season seven, it still managed to give you it managed to give you more. Let's just say that. I don't want to just sit here and, like shade these filmmakers for doing what they did. Buffy managed to give you more, which I'm sad because clearly Whedon was also taken away from us in 2020. <laughs> 2020 left us nothing, um, much like a bad divorce. It took everything but the kids. Those are still here. What? <laughs> and so <laughs> those ghost kids are forever. Um,
1: um, so I, I did like, and we kind of already talked about this at the end, that it was all the women that banded together and it really went back to it. I think this is one of the more, the mm, still not great so, nuance, but like be, closer closer to what I wanted going back to Marty and the ant thing that that idea of the ant um and all of these women banding together to fight for their for their lives um and then Riley saying we will never be broken and busting the 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 lamp or not the lamp the statue <laughs> it's
0: a damn good lamp no, that is I, oh. <laughs> I respect the sentiment of that line. But again, it was another part of dialogue that felt like we want this in here, even if we can't make it smooth and finesse it. And so it, it just, every bad dialogue, it does something in my spine I can't explain. <laughs> um, so for an hour and 40 minutes, I was like, oh. <laughs> and my skeleton was wolverine And I just, <laughs> it was a lot. Um, especially because it doesn't need to be this way they have people who fix dialogue i i didn't know more about that because that's one of the things i do do well um <laughs> but like while we're back here with the statue breaking chris turns Carrie around or whatever this his name is that's professor blah blah um and those sets him on fire with a natural lamp so maybe that's where you're going <laughs> Um, To which my thought was, is this how you remove problematic white men with tenure because they're all over America and nobody wants to remove them. How many have had to quit of their own accord and or just get so old they have to retire?
1: I'm sorry, y'all. My mic just dropped. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, I feel like I was like, so that's how you get rid of them. Fire. That makes sense. That scams. Um, because like the reporting doesn't work, (laughs) talking to people don't work, Uh, going to other deans don't work, calling your provost don't work.
1: Right, him literally mansplaining to her in the first like ten minutes of this movie doesn't work. Like, yeah, Yeah. the whole thing in the very beginning when he's like, "Uh, who who was this written by? Who do you think?"
0: Um, my thing is, (laughs) my thing is (laughs) problematic white man with tenure is one of the pandemics we don't talk about. Uh, he would have literally gone to work the next day had she not set him on fire. And had he not been wearing these drapes like he was in Gone with the Wind, what' it was also a choice these robes they were wearing.
1: <laughs> I, I thought, was like, Franklin, my
0: dear, I don't give a damn.
1: What? One, of things, one of the things I really did like about this movie is that they they made the like jump that a fraternity was a cult, and yes.
0: <laughs> yes. That That's one of the things I can't take away from them because yes, those frat boys are a cult um, who breed these men who go on to get tenure and go on to continue (laughs) ruining the lives of others because alpha dogs.
1: Right. And the fact that they portray this toxic masculinity as generational, that it's been passed down, that it's not something new. It's not something that, that this one professor just cooked up. That was like, Oh, look at me. I could do this. No, it is. It has been here since the, since forever.
0: Which is why judges can give <laughs> medal winning swimmers just three months in jail for assault, because that's their language is assault and being like, oh, it means nothing. She's fine. We're about your life, kid. Because generation after generation after generation has been raised to see women as less than. And so we're objects, which is why Pain does not matter in these courtrooms, in these court battles. <laughs> like, how many women? How many women go and actually get a rape test, and it just sits on a shelf forever. Right. Um, how many small towns turn against the girl who dared to go to the cops for their football hero? This happens because it's the way it's always happened, and when you try and call people on it, they lose their shit. Cause cults.
1: And you know the cult of toxic masculinity.
0: It is, which is its own weird religion here in America, Um, which is why people throw the word feminism around like it's a bad thing. And it's like, oh, no, how dare someone want equality? (laughs) That's what fucks you up at night, Chad? (laughs) Somebody want to be paid the same as you? That's your problem?
1: Right. (sighs) <sighs> or someone wants to marry who they love or someone wants to like not be killed by the police or someone wants to just like be themselves and identify as the gender they want to identify as like is that really what's hurting you
0: right right like I, I'm just if your biggest problem in 2020 is Elliot Page <laughs> what are you doing with your life you have no problems stop talking
1: right right And, you know, okay, I will say this, because, you know, we were kind of wondering, but so before we get into our our hot takes, this was kind of a a good movie to end our first season on, because, like, it wasn't a perfect movie by any stretch, but it was a way for us to have these conversations, which is what we were trying to do with this podcast in in the first place. Um, And one of the things that I noticed, like I said, when I was looking at the reviews, a lot of these on imdb a lot of these reviews were from men i'm assuming straight white cis men Mm -hmm. um i could be wrong on some of them but i doubt on all of them um and it's like you don't own this um i this genre you don't own this i you know this uh these films, other people could have opinions, and like while yes, this is not a 10, it's not a one.
0: Mm-hmm. I've it's, seen much worse that people stand.
1: This film, I'm, I'm curious. I may cut this out, but I'm just fucking curious. Now,
0: while you do that, I'm gonna list movies that are worse: Freddie versus Jason, <laughs> Spiral, which we covered and was a newer movie. Much right. worse. That one was so bad that we didn't even do the whole episode. I did a cereal commercial in my kitchen. What <laughs> else to say about it? It was so bad. Um,
1: <laughs> what was that? What was that Rob Zombie movie we hated?
0: Lords of Salem, but also Halloween too. <laughs> I'm assuming House of a Thousand Corpses as well. I will never see. I'm it
1: I'm done with men on this fucking app. So this film cum- cumulatively, this is thousands of of reviews, is a three point something something, three point two, I think. Lords of Salem is five point one.
0: Excuse me, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, which app are you using so we can start?
1: This is IMDb.
0: We don't use that anymore. We are now we're going to Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb, you've been fucked up. You need. Halloween
1: like- Two is four point nine. Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. To be clear.
0: So the two movies where Sherry Moon runs around naked is what excited (laughs) that demographic of horror movie lovers.
1: So back to my point, you don't own it anymore. Sit down, shut up, and deal with it. Now, I will say, this movie does get some, like on Facebook from uh, queer people, this does get some backlash on that as well. Um, But there's also some people on there that are like, no, I actually kind of enjoyed it. So there's more mixed reviews, whereas giving it a one.
0: I, like like we said, like most of my things are dialogue, the way that her assault is just sort of thrown around so casually, because that's not a thing. We all I don't, I don't care what your trauma is, you don't just talk about it casually. Um, as a rule. I don't get me wrong, there are those people out there, who, and that is their way of coping by being self-deprecating, like we are in a post-Kinna Gatsby world. And so we understand how we can like use our trauma to ease and charm people. But for the most part, I don't see a bunch of survivors throwing their assault out in everyday conversation all the time and their friends throwing it back to them. That's just not how we talk to each other. <laughs> I would never look up to my friends who I know have been assaulted and be like, so don't forget, <laughs> never forget.
1: You? That's him, right? That guy over there. Yeah.
0: No, let's go to the party where he's at. That what kind of support is that? That's why we didn't even bring that up. So when they do their little jingle jangle at the party, um, it's a party they knew he was gonna be at, and she was like, "Maybe I shouldn't go." And they're like, "No, we get to go to this party too." And it's just like, why would you take your friend to the place where you know she will see the person who attacked her?
1: Right. Yeah, it, it, it's so wishy washy about that because like, there's that other moment in the caf in the coffee shop when the other frat boy comes in and he's like hey y- y'all come in blah, blah blah brian's gonna be there he's the one that did this to you remember blah, blah blah he didn't actually do it you're lying and then the other chris like throws her water in his face says to leave. And like so like yeah you have moments where you're like yes and then it's like what yes no oh what i don't understand what's happening
0: and again this is what happens when Someone knows what they want to happen in this script, but they don't give time and thought into how to make it happen in a way that makes sense. So that's why you have her in the room with the statue where she could just easily reach out and tap it and go about her business. But she's like, no, let me go find the screamer in this house. And it's a very cabin of the woods, cabin in the woods. Sorry, the cabin in the woods. Um, <laughs> where they keep fucking with them. So they do the dumb things, but we don't have, we don't have a basement full of doctors going no separate (laughs) they're doing it on their own and i feel like we've come too far to have our movies people make those sort of dumb choices for no fucking reason on top of them just not taking the care they needed to with her backstory
1: all right shall we get into some hot takes
0: (laughs) these are our last hot takes of the year (laughs) on this podcast i'm sure we'll have hot takes tomorrow on facebook
1: um, <laughs> follow us and find out.
0: I, I might have another one tonight. Uh, Bueller.
1: Uh, I'm leaving that in, by the way.
0: Uh, yes, Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Um, He'll listen to this, anyways. But you know what? Hot takes. <clears throat> <laughs>
1: This got kind of real, y'all. Ooh, this is the season finale for the season finales of all, all right. the us.
0: <laughs> Eddie is my love language. I, that's <laughs> just it's what I do. <laughs> Don't come for me. I won't come for you. <laughs> that's my. That's my rule.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: All right. <clears throat> so. <laughs>
1: He got, so, he got so serious, so I um. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm acting. <laughs> I'm more excited by the movies this one has opened the door for than I am this movie. Uh, we, especially as horror fans, ha- we even this season we've sort of been tracking the small steps for representation in this genre, um, and the small steps towards conversations that need to be happening. And so I I am excited at what's going to come from people who see this and go, "How can I do this better? How can I have these conversations smarter?" Um, So this is sadly a milestone, even though it's middle of the road. I mean, clearly better than Lords of Salem and Halloween Two. IMDb, fuck you. (laughs) It's it's not. It's while it's not great, it it is something. It's just real messy right now. I also I also have to acknowledge that we've had decades of women just not being in these rooms in these positions and now that they are even with this one I'm sure that they had to like deal with all kinds of issues like the gatekeepers being like can you dumb this down (laughs) can you make this human we need an ending where at least one of the men are not all men (laughs) and like them having to keep having the same conversations we've been having about toxic masculinity and consent and sexism that America just does not want to hear and comprehend. And so if America refuses to fucking learn. And so maybe we don't deserve a smart movie.
1: So, okay. So my hot take, because I actually, I do enjoy this movie. I know I'm in the minority. It's fine. I I, I accept it. I do on many things. Um, But the reason I, I do enjoy it is because it doesn't just needlessly kill women for cheap scares and things. And, and it has themes that it set forth to try to accomplish, even if it didn't and it failed in some ways, which I totally understand. I I, I totally give that this film is not um, a great film. Like it's not in my top ten. It's not in my top twenty. It's not in my top hundred. But I do I I enjoy it. I don't think it I don't think it deserves the amount of hatred that it gets um, on social media and online and through um reviews and stuff like that as i've said before in this one um but yeah because it, it it's it actually has it tries to say something even if it again even if it does e- even if it doesn't do it correctly or in the best way i will also say that i think this film suffers um from it being pg-13 i was listening to shout out um the podcast horror queers um And I was listening to their episode today about um, another one of my holiday favorites, um, Krampus, which we may get into at some point next, next holiday season. You never know. Um, But that director, and I would venture to bet these women that directed this film really wanted an R rated an R rating. The major distributors wouldn't distribute it, would not, produce this film, uh, would not produce Krampus or this film as R-rated movies because they're quote-unquote holiday films. So what I want, I want more R-rated holiday horror. Give me some scary Santa Claus. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) But I want women in the writing room and people of color and queer people and all that.
0: I think the PG-13 rating helps this movie in that it gives it the things that you just said you liked. Like you said you didn't like that it was needlessly cheap deaths, which is what you normally get in a rated R movie. And there also wasn't a lot of sexuality. Like there wasn't just like nudity because that's what we also get it to yeah, the R. I just R- think
1: it could have it been a little scarier if it so. were R rated. Cause like if there's any blood, it can't be R. Yeah. And,
0: uh,
1: or it can't be PG 13. So, like, if they're, if it, then I, I don't mean like, yeah, I, I want to R rated like a scream R rated where like the <laughs> death makes sense, they're scary, there's no sexuality, or maybe a little bit, but you know.
0: That I can see, but with this dialogue, I do feel like because, again, it's remedial, this is consent, sexism, toxic masculinity, I think that it gets in younger kids who can't go see a horror movie on their own and could probably benefit from these more than I can in my redacted age, <laughs> after having said these same things forever. And because
1: yeah. <laughs> as someone who um, teaches, not like a public school teacher, but like I do enjoy having having uh, horror films that I can show in class that aren't. So yeah, I get that. I, but I do think to fix a lot of the criticism that this film gets that it's not quote unquote scary, is because they couldn't because it's rated PG-13.
0: I mean, the criticism that it's not scary is because men don't understand how scary men are. So that was going to be there no matter what.
1: That's a good motherfucking point.
0: Ain't it? Men don't understand how scary men are. That's the tweet. That's the Facebook. Might be named this episode. <laughs> if I were to get a face tattoo, that's what it would be. <laughs> right here. Right here. Men don't understand... How scary men are. We go I'm on a Round it. <laughs> so I can stop saying it. I'll just stop. <laughs> I, and so it was always going to get that. Because whenever something dares to be created by femmes and is dared to being feminism, it's not something that men understand. And so therefore I must piss on it immediately. That's why so many trolls come out of their mother's basements to talk about how Ghostbusters couldn't be women because women can't bust ghosts. And I was like, Stewie.
1: Right. And the problem with um, that movie were far from them being women.
0: Well, right. Right. <laughs> right. No, it's the reason people keep coming after the 13th Doctor on Doctor Who, because a woman can't drive the TARDIS. And it's like, good, sir. Like <laughs> You mean to tell me <laughs> you can't envision a world in which you're a two-hearted alien <laughs> who goes through space and time and dimensions and regenerates could ever possibly be a femme. Right. That's what breaks you. <laughs> the fact that the regeneration could be until a woman is what breaks you. And now you can't finish watching this thing you've watched for 60 years. Yeah, you don't but, deserve it.
1: But yeah, we're the snowflakes. I...
0: Right? And and then again, when you call them out on it, it's like, no, I, it's not because I'm a sexist. It's because she's a woman. <laughs> and it's like, well, Shibodea. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. If this is your argument. <laughs>
1: All right, well, should we should we leave it there?
0: <laughs> I guess we have to because I could do another whole hour just about men. Um,
1: <laughs> leaving this one in twenty twenty, y'all. Okay. All right. Um, so again, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're active on all three of those things. Um, who knows? We're on YouTube. Follow us or subscribe to our YouTube channel. In who knows what, what we'll get up. <laughs> I like <laughs> who knows what we'll get up to in the next between even between this season and then in season two you never know uh if you don't mind going to apple a podcast and rating and reviewing us uh, rate and review us on any platform that you're able to do that on of course that would be beautiful and amazing we love you forever but for those of you that listen on your iphone or your apple products uh apple podcasts really use that for their algorithm to help people find our podcast so make sure you do that um yeah so this is the end of season one we have officially
0: oh my god i i just want to say thank you to all of our guests who made this so much fun and to all the people who played with us on social media who made that fun because as you know, starting a new social media page is always stressful because you have five followers for a year and you're like, well, what have I done?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that, you know, we, when we created this podcast and these social media pages and all that, we really set out, as we've said, to create a new or maybe not create a new, but re- reform the already existing or I don't know the uh, right words, I've been drinking. Um <laughs>
0: To give a space to people who don't get a space in this world of horror that we love. Yes, we yes. we are not taken care of in this genre and so it's been very cool to have all of our random friends and even some strangers pop in <laughs> and share this need to like want to talk about these things where we can't talk about on the internet without Chad running in. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah and to create a space where they're, where we're able to talk about what we liked what we didn't like in a safe place where we could all learn from each other and be able to express ourselves and express our, what we want to see in the future of horror and what we want to see in um, what we did enjoy about the, the past and what we didn't enjoy about the past and <laughs> right? all, all of those things. And so I think that we have had a very successful first season and I'm yeah. excited to see what so six seasons.
0: So much better than I thought it could ever be. Um, Oh, I guess we should also thank our sponsors, Leroy Payton, for being the first person to spend money on us, even before we did. Um, <laughs> thanks, Libav. Um, My sister for having Amazon and giving me the password so I could see most of these movies. Can you imagine if I had to pay for Lords of Salem? Can you imagine the ra-
1: never heard the end of it.
0: <laughs> no, I would have ended the podcast. I'd be like, we've gone too far. I want my $6 back. I'm tweeting Rob Zombie. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so you like, have
1: to guess what Sheree's least favorite movie was this season. I'll give you three guesses. The first two don't count.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Thank you, Shayla and even though you're not listening, but you had an Amazon, and I used it. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs>
1: thank you to everyone that's already done the rate and review stuff on Apple and other other platforms. We Again, it helps people find us. We're so grateful to everyone that's listened. Um, all, over 2,000 plays on our 40-some-odd episodes. That's in fucking same.
0: And 14 countries, one of which is America. So 13 countries.
1: <laughs> 13 and a half, Sheree. 13 give... and
0: a half countries. <laughs> because like we we seriously set out to do this just to stay sane and to keep creating and we were like maybe 10 friends will listen and here we are that's a lot more friends than we have and a lot more places than we can go right now (laughs) more
1: places than i've traveled and i want to travel to all those places so after this fucking pandemic is over and we're all still alive hopefully fingers crossed um we who knows we may take this on the road
0: I would be more than happy to go to Ireland, Germany, <laughs> um, Spain, and record a podcast from one of your couches. We'll if go, you have couches. <laughs>
1: we we'll go on tour. That would be fucking incredible. Um,
0: <laughs> God, yes. God, yes.
1: And I think we're almost in every state.
0: Pretty much. Like, I checked it today. It's ridiculous. Because we were in the ones that, like, we went to school in, and we live in, and we oh, have boy. some of our close friends in, and now we're kind of everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard, even even the places we we're in Florida, I don't know who we know in Florida.
1: Y'all, if you're in Florida, get out because right. global warming is coming for you and you're turning red more than ever. So it's time. Really? You're yeah. in trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you in danger, girl. The
1: call is coming from inside the motherfucking house. Get out.
0: <laughs> get out, run, run. <laughs>
1: No, we love you, Florida. We love yes. We're, there's great people in Florida.
0: We love our fans in Florida.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure. Just make sure you vote, okay? <laughs> anyway.
0: Thank you, our fans in Florida.
1: <laughs> yes, we've gone off the rails. All
0: seven right. of you, you're golden. <laughs> Your neighbors, I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So again, <laughs> who? Uh, it's been an incredible first season. We're really excited about second season. We'll be coming out with what, what, what we're doing, what we've got going on after we plan it, which will happen soon-ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, again, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you stay fierce out there.